Hi, my man. How's it going, Mike? Oh, yeah. Ooh, good. None of made sandwiches. Man, oh, the old school, what, like ham and cheese sandwich? Ham, cheese, ham, provolone, provolone. Uh, a little bit of prosciutto, Genoa salami. Oh, man. That's that's the real deal. And then she does one side of the bread mayonnaise, the other oh, side, yeah, her man. dressing. Oh, very nice. Got the whole, the works right there, I like to call it. Uh, you know, pretty good roommate. Pretty good roommate. Good roommate. Not a lot of people get the roommate who makes the sandwich. Most people have the roommate who eats the sandwich you left for yourself for later. Yeah, <laughs> even if, when you put your name on it. Doesn't name doesn't matter. Sandwich gets eaten. <laughs> no, Nona's the best, dude. Nona will come home with the lunch meat to make the sandwich. Open up Good the stuff. prosciutto, close it back up, and go back to the store and demand that they cut it thinner. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's the way. Wow. I wish I had those they... kind of testicles. Woo. You know, like, cut then, and then you have to put the paper between it. Like, yeah. It's so bad. You don't get that action out here. I actually, yesterday, went shopping, and I got a little lunch meat to make myself a turkey sandwich. And the f- ladies behind the counter, probably over the age of uh, 60, I would say, near that retirement zone, um, complaining on how they lost an employee who would quit or something and how I literally heard them say the phrase it's hard to you know find good help these days and I get home and I asked for thin sliced turkey she gave me shredded turkey essentially it was just shredded (laughs) shards of just so thin it's not even put together anymore turkey and all I could think is as I put my sandwich together I thought wow that's Hard to find good help these days. I, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you can't asked even, for it. Can't even make my own sandwich. <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> and what's funny is I stopped going out to eat. I really cook more at home now because the quality of what you're getting out there has degraded. Like, very dramatically, I have noticed yes. there is... No longer the professional making you a sandwich who's been making one for years. It's hard to find that guy. I'll tell you right now, as a guy who goes from like kitchen to kitchen, the cleanliness has gone down. These guys are, it's, there's nobody just doing good work, (laughs) including cleaning. And cleaning is key. Cleanliness is godliness, especially when you're working with food. I worked with food for many, many years. Uh, You got to be organized, you got to be clean. Can I tell you the uh, the tip that seems to be helping Nona with the uh, with the lunch meat? Ooh, yeah, man. You're saying as far as her ordering it, like the process? Yeah, because the pro- the problem is not you, you got to know who you're dealing with, right? <laughs> this is a great call, absolutely. <laughs> and so here's how I'm going to order my lunch meat, right? Oh yeah. It, it, let me get a you know quarter pound of the prosciutto. How do you want that sliced? Thin. He holds up the example. Is this good? Yes. I don't care what it looks like. Yes. Because that is clearly the thin that you're comfortable, that you are confident with. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does. If I, ask, but... if I now ask you to go thinner, <laughs> there's no way you're going to be able to handle it. Sure. I, I see your angle. I guess from my perspective, I started my food career working at an Italian deli in our hometown at a very young age. I was 15 years old. 
And that's where I learned how to slice deli meat. And then throughout my food creating career and cooking career, I had to use slicers at many different places. And food, you know, deli slicing or even vegetable slicing, you can use slicers for many different things. It, it's a form. It's an art form. It takes it's an art. It takes um, technique. And it's funny, I will go and get sandwiches only from places where they slice the meat there uh, on the spot. And always I will know immediately if the person making the sandwich knows what they're doing. And it is literally, you know, when it comes to slicing meat, you got to let the meat, the weight of the meat uh, and gravity work itself together to give you that perfect slice. You shouldn't be using any real, you know, pressure to get the right slice. Everything should be very natural, and you should know the slicing setting and you just feel it. It's a feeling, man. Nobody, yeah, but you also got to realize who's doing it, and don't ask them to do too much. When I was a kid, you know? though, and I was introduced to the, you know, hey, you're working in a deli, here's how you use the deli slicer. You know, I took it to heart, and I learned, and I, I studied, you know, just... Nobody's uh, doing that nowadays. Nobody's doing that. That's heartbreaking, that nobody wants to just, no. you know, hey, here's where I am. This is the money that I'm collecting for this, you know, gig. I'm going to be the best at it. That attitude is gone. Nobody wants to be the best at what they're doing. It, it's horrible. It, it Everywhere I go now, as someone who worked in food, I'm like, man, none of you are taking pride in the meal you are creating or the the food you are serving that used to be the big deal about it that was the point of being in food industry no matter what part about it you are you know you what something that always stood out to me is uh there are two people in the world two professions in the world that people trust that person to give them something and they're just going to put it in their body without question right and it's doctors and people who cook food you're going to just take whatever they make you and trust that it's good for you to eat. And yeah. like, what happened to to taking a little pride in that, right? That's gone. I can't even get good fucking deli meat, dude. <laughs> That's where we're at. Yeah, but I th- you know, uh, I think you are getting it. I just don't think you're... Did you ever hear the 70-70 uh, the rule? 70-70. No, I have not. It's like a big, big rule for if you're like, if, when you start your own business, like we you start your own business, like let's say you want to start landscaping, you're going to start landscaping, you're going to start doing, you're, you're cutting the grass yourself, right? Oh yeah, man. And now you're able to do 10 houses a day by yourself, right? Sure. And so now you, can, you have enough houses that you're doing 20 a day, you're like, well, I'm just going to hire one guy and we can do 20 because I could do 10, I'm going to hire another guy, we're going to do 20, right? Oh yeah. But that's never how it works. Anytime you have somebody else doing something, they're gonna a good worker will give you seventy percent. A good worker will give you seventy percent of what you'll do. So you could do ten. This guy, you could probably add seven. But if you get two guys doing seventy, now you have one hundred forty percent. Oh, good math. I like that. Right, and that's why it <laughs> works out. That's why you never really hire one guy to replace yourself. You hire two. Oh, right. Nice. Okay. You'll never be able to hire one guy to replace you. And that's like a, you know, it should, it should pass over. So same thing with you. It's like, I'm sure you could do it. You could cut that prosciutto a hundred percent, right? 
but this other guy is doing it for you, you should be happy if he gets it within within 30% margin of what you would do. <laughs> wow. I never thought of it that way, and that's a great call, man. Right? Because he doesn't care. You should be happy that sure. he cares 70% of what you care. It right? does kind of, yours. Doesn't it kind of feel like people aren't even given that 70%, though? We're at a They're point not. societally where everywhere you go, you're kind of getting the... It's more uh, like a 50. It's more like a 50% now. <laughs> like, if you compare to, like, an owner to worker, it's like a... You, were, uh, you discussed the cigar roller in a previous episode. I One of my favorites. Uh, favorite topics yeah. that we've talked about. Yeah, it was fantastic. Very, very insightful. And I went and got a haircut yesterday. Um, I typically... <laughs> get my haircut uh, like once or twice a year and I like to let it grow out and I'm, I'm a shag man, especially in the wintertime. I've been going to this lady. She's a Korean woman who um, has owned the business. It's hers uh, for a few decades now. And uh, I went in and she was asking me about what I wanted, but she knew and... Uh, she knew almost exactly when the last time I was there for my last haircut and was telling me how I need to start coming in every three months instead of every six months wow. <laughs> and, and how I, it was really funny. And um, I, I was just really, you know, just kind of uh, really enjoying her telling me it was almost like having your grandma cut your hair and they're telling you things about you that you need to improve about your life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And she was telling me how I need to start being a little bit more professional and getting my hair cut like every three months or so and how I would look better in general. Like I would just be more presentable if I had if I came by every three months. And uh, I was like, wow, not only is this a great sale, like you're selling your business very well for someone who doesn't need to. She's I, I wanted to book this haircut three days ago. She was booked, man. You know what, man? That's you know what? That is what we're missing. Because. Who's going to tell you your hair looks like shit? Your barber. Yeah, but dude, nobody was, has a barber nowadays. Know, they just dude. go to Grey Clips, if, get it on the app, and you, know, you go in and out. You don't even talk to the person. Dude, it felt but really your, nice, actually. Like, she was your very... Your barber <laughs> would tell you, like, hey, you can't go around looking like this. Look at your ear hair. And, you know? <laughs> she was brutally honest, man. It was rough, but, like... But that's what we're good. missing in today's society. <laughs> that's why people walk around in their fucking pajama pants looking yes. like slobs all the time. And she... It, great it used job, to be your man. mom told you you were a bum, and you're like, eh, what does my mom know? But then your barber told you, too. You're like, oh, shit. You know, and then by, the time you got, <laughs> so, by the time you got to the butcher and he made fun of you, you're like, damn, I really got to clean I up my ass. I got to clean it up, man. And what was crazy <laughs> is uh, she was telling me, like, asking me um, about what I was doing, and I told her I was going back home to see my family. I wanted to look good for my mom and my grandma and stuff. And she goes, you always come by when you're going to see your family. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> We were laughing about it, and she told me she was also going home the same day, but to California to visit her uh, family for her dad's birthday. Uh. And that in um, Asian culture, she said, it's a big deal to celebrate the decades. Every 10 years, huge celebration, but her, her dad or uh, her father-in-law maybe was, is turning 69 and he's not in the best of health, so they're not sure if he's going to make it to 70. So they decided to do the big celebration this year. And it reminded me of a story you told about the lady living for like several decades yeah, or whatever. The Japanese lady. Yes, because they kept having the great celebration with the family and stuff. 
And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a wonderful experience. And then she told me, you know, uh, um, see, that's why these Asians live forever in great life. Man. <laughs> that's a great idea. Every 10 years. Yes. Like, fuck my birthday, dude. Don't fucking, don't even call me on my fucking 35th birthday. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Who cares about oh, Let's celebrate. Let's do a big 30, a big 40. Yes, All right. Absolutely. Making it a decade. Yeah. You know? 10 years? You but survived 10 years. That's a big deal. Hell yeah. It's not like I'm fighting saber tooth tigers on my way to <laughs> fucking fight, you know, get food for my family in a cave. Like, nah, dude, if I, I lived a year in America <laughs> with health insurance, it's not an accomplishment. You know? Have you seen our water? Yeah, it's not <laughs> something to celebrate. It's not like I'm in know? Flint over here, you know. I take I take a warm shower every day. Like it's not hard to live a year, right? That's a great call. <laughs> and she was telling me, you know, um, or I told her, like, yeah, and I'm going back in April, or I'm seeing my family again at the end of April uh, for a wedding anniversary and all this stuff, and. She goes, oh well, you know, make sure you book an appointment, uh, this so uh, you know this time and whatnot because I'm doing a family vacation road trip, so I won't be available. And I was like, this is, this is the greatest shit in the world. This is exactly yeah, what you wow. were talking about with you know locality and being a craftsman and someone takes, you yes. know takes pride in their work. And by the way, we're having this full on conversation. And she's just dropping the most fantastic, just like godly haircut experience of my life on my head. You know what I mean? Just like, a, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a massage almost, but she's cutting my hair. It's incredible. And they must love when you sit down, dude. Last time I sat down, the barber literally said, I- I'm not sure what you want me to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I show a picture. Emma has this uh, series of pictures of after I get my haircut. And then I say to her, I text her every time, send me my haircut picture. She sends a series of pictures from the last haircut, and I show my barber. I'm like, you remember? And she goes, oh, yes, yes. And then she just you know, goes at it. And no, that's uh, a good idea. That's, oh, you always take a picture after the haircut, especially if it's one you particularly like. Show it to the barber when you get there. They'll, they'll do it. You know what I was thinking, dude? I think I, got a, I was thinking about finding a barber. There's one actually right behind me here in the, on the other side of the alley. Uh, I'm thinking about going and having them do the John Travolta. I like it, and I think I support it. I think you should you should go. You know, I'm talking about the shaved head yes. with the like the the like one or two uh, facial hair. You got to grow the beard and or the sideburns. I I want to bring back sideburns. I think uh, you oh, can- I want to do the full beard <laughs> with the shaved head. Yes, I love that look. I'm a huge yeah. fan. I think it's a fantastic, uh, you know, it's a you fantastic gig. It. The beard with the uh, bald head. It's a badass look, man. That's the don't fuck with me look. I've been cutting my own hair for 10 years, though. I don't know. No, go professional. I Honestly, and this is kind of the, like, when After I After 10 years, I kind of am a, a professional. I know, but, man, there is something about sitting there, and then they cut, they, they do their job, and then they, they get that, uh, the hot uh, cream, you know, the uh, shaving cream. They put it on the back of the neck. They get the straight razor out. And this shit, it feels really uh, good, man. It's very therapeutic. I I really recommend it, man. It's uh, get a good barber. G- yeah, find a barber. You Every man like, should have man. a good barber and a good tailor. That's a great advice. And I found my barber uh, a few years back when I moved here. Um, and uh, I haven't 
gone anywhere else. She's a, a wonderful lady. I always tip her very fantastically, Mike, because I believe it's That's all about it's all about the tip, and I always pay and tip in cash. It's all about the cash, people. Pay yes, in sir. cash. They don't want to charge that up. They got to pay a percentage of that bullshit, and you know, the, the less pay Uncle Sam, less the government knows, the better for everybody. And you know, you end up getting a little extra on you know, little extra effort when you're there. But uh, anyways, Mike, when I got the haircut, I was really thinking about some of the uh, topics we've recently discussed, especially a couple of your rants on uh, being a craftsman or someone who's proud of their work and. I felt like I got to uh, be on the ta- uh, you know, the receiving end of somebody who who takes pride I, I, in well, what they do. Yeah, I think that's the big problem we have is it's been shit on so much. Oh, you're a grease monkey. Oh, you're just, a, you know what I mean? It's like, no, dude, you don't understand what you. I don't know. I was thinking about it ever since I talked about it on the podcast, and I've been researching that guy, and like that quote has really got me. Very it's powerful. Like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think. But it's, but um, it's more. It's it, like it rings true. I think more young, especially young men, need to understand that. Like, dude, I'm old enough. I'm 35 now, so I'm old enough to, and you're at that same age where you see guys your age that you thought had it all, and they're <laughs> having mental breakdowns and just leaving their jobs and careers. Sure. Right? And, like, I look in the plumbing world, and it's like the guys my age, they're having body breakdowns. You know, like, now they're at 30s, they're at that age where the they haven't been stretching and working out, so their back's starting to hurt. The knees are starting to hurt. You know what I mean? But these guys are as happy as, as, as can be. They're, you know what I mean? They're not killing themselves at an insane rate. They're not jumping off buildings. They're, they're not having mental breakdowns. I guess, dude, I just love, I think it's funny that there's so much negativity about this country, yet I can go and get my haircut from a, an Asian woman who moved to this country with her family and started a business 30 years ago that's profitable and successful, and she's taking multiple vacations a year with her family <laughs> to visit people across the country, and she's a very happy, successful person. Like, this is a great fucking country, man. People need to fucking get off their high horse on bashing this place. Hasn't she because, heard of Asian hate? <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is a very <laughs> successful, happy person, and and by the way, not a white dude. I hate to break it to people. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. This non-white dude is very successful, owns a business, and is very happy and has a huge family and en- enjoys life. You know, it's possible, yeah, good call. people. Good it's call. possible. And that's I, yes. Go, in, to, go work hard. And she didn't country. get it by sitting there complaining and asking the government for handout. No, and... Yeah. Uh, didn't play the victim card. You and I are always hung up on the victim card. And one of my favorite victim card uh, ideas in the world is the Latinx victim card. Mike, you and I are both huge fans of this bad boy. And I stumbled across an incredible bill going down, pushed by... Well, I'll just let you listen. <laughs> Can't wait. We've been talking about this for years. Uh, I've heard Representative, former Representative Ed Vargas speaking about this at length. I hear Representative Minnie Gonzalez speaking about this at length. It's, it's the day has come. Representative Geraldo Reyes, along with four other Hispanic Democrats, introduced a bill last month in Connecticut to ban the term Latinx from the state's official What? Language. The Hispanic guys? Oh, uh, known white supremacists. They forgot to add that. Wait a minute. Dude, no way. The Democratic yeah. Latinx guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they don't, Mike, they're not into the term. 
believe it or not. Dude. Eliminated from government and educational, higher educational levels. The move comes after Governor Huckabee of Arkansas banned it on her first. Uh, that's Huckabee Sanders, folks. Yeah. Uh, the Democrats oh, the are only. following her lead, by the way. In office. Representative Reyes says the term is often misused. People that Reyes. are not even Hispanic. Sounds like a white supremacist. Yeah, just like that Kanye West fella. Yep. <laughs> At all? Come and just throw the term Latinx around because they sound woke or they sound like they want to be hip? According to a survey in 2019, 76% of Latino adults had not heard of the term Latinx, <laughs> and only 3% used it. Spanish language is over 1,500 years old. 17% heard of it, dude. That's incredible. 3%, man. That's just AOC. <laughs> it's a beautiful language. It cannot be altered and changed just to fit a narrative. Language purity is one yes. thing. But legal protections and Oh, I'm so glad they're standing up for it because it is beautiful. These languages are beautiful and thousands of years old. And you're just fucking with them to create your own, uh, to push your own agenda. To woke, push an agenda, not even because agenda. it's something you really believe in. It's just so you can win a fucking election. Yes. <laughs> agenda is so toxic it it's unreal at this point it's so toxic that you have bill maher and then you have actual latino saying like please we're gonna frank <laughs> latinx no dude they're literally this guy actually proves a phenomenal point I, this is one of my favorite clips in a long time this guy he literally like he's like no you yeah, this is amazing no it's amazing he's like uh he's basically explaining the spanish language it's fantastic and documents is important Rafael Feliciano, an activist for Waterbury LGBT. Stop right there, Rafael Feliciano. Well, this guy is now he, white supremacist. <laughs> this dude's in support of Latin X, Latinx, whatever it is. Uh, he's uh, oh. they're gonna, they have two. This is a war of the you know Hispanics against each other. Mike, come on now, you know. Mm. About to heat up in here. About oh. to get caliente. Oh. <laughs> oh. Crank open those cervezas, folks. Let's dive in. <laughs> says inclusive terms allow his community to feel identified and protected. I want to steer away from the very <laughs> I can just tell by your voice. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh my god, dude. I'm not even I, I for those that don't know, I can't see this. We're talking over the phone here. I this is But all you can audio. just tell by that voice, Radio. dude. That is it's okay. always the voice. Always. The voice just gives it away. That is just very homophobic <laughs> and transphobic. That is why he's trying to shift the conversation. Instead of banning the term Latinx, he wants to replace it. I used to be a big proponent of Latinx. I've transitioned to Latine with an E at the end of it. Latinx is a <laughs> They don't care. They don't want to change it to anything. This is unreal, man. They just can't handle it uh here's the thing with the woke mob and the left culture it's they will not stop 
until they change everything. And no, no, no. And even when they change everything, there is no end. Yes, there's another change. There's, there's no a end. new phrase. There's a you new- guys spent the whole Grammy doing black <laughs> culture appreciation, and half the black community got mad because you didn't appreciate their style of music. <laughs> <laughs> So now what are we gonna do next year? We're gonna fucking cowtail to that four <laughs> percent of that thirteen percent, and it's like, dude, what are we doing here? <laughs> is, I know it's February, but this is story of the year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this is <laughs> versus Latina. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I don't know what the big deal is. It's not like we're stuck on the X. We can be Latin P. We can be Latin Q. We can be Latin E. Whatever you want. No big deal. That's yeah, the listen, point. F- they don't want to change goddamn thousand years of language for your dumb ass, right? And the best part is just by the way you talk, I know your primary language is English. So this doesn't even fucking matter. It literally, it's funny from both sides. One side's like, look, we just don't want to mess with our traditions. Can we just leave those alone? And the other side is saying, we will not stop till we destroy your traditions. That's what's and going you know on why? here. You know why? It's because it used to be they were fighting for acceptance. And we accept everybody nowadays. Yes. There's literally nobody in America that's not accepted. Exactly. You could be a fucking three-eyed, multi-sexual, fucking whatever, whatever you want. dude. You call yourself a cat. Fine. Whatever. We'll give you a job as a bank teller, and nobody can say boo, right? Like, yes. That's the You're problem. accepted. So now you're fighting for, no, you need to celebrate me. Now right? it's, well, and you need to change your language. I, I do believe I at this point we have entered the no, we are not going to stop until we destroy the culture. Mike, the thing we've been talking about so much, even with the being a craftsman and having a respect for for uh tradition, this you know, the idea of tradition, that's white supremacy to these freaks, man. That's the problem. Yeah, I know. They want to destroy culture and tradition. They, they don't want it anymore. What, is that a nuclear family? No, we're going to make them all trans. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you sent me the, I think you sent me that article, but I was like reading it as you sent it to me. The one that was like, uh, the woke are disgusted to find out that every study shows. Yeah, going to school... Getting married, staying with the person you're married to, and having a nuclear family leads to a successful life. (laughs) Everything the Bible told you is true. Not true, but you know what I mean? Well, Mike, given the times currently, I think the Bible may be more true than ever, but I am just... I'm just not... The Bible, just like the Quran, just like the Torah, they are all these, these old words of wisdom that if you just... If you could pick one... Follow it, you're going to have a better life. Most likely, yes. Well, you'll have probably a more fulfilled life in as far as you'll be less inclined to find false idols. Well, have you ever... I know you've never been to AA, but I've done a lot of time in AA. I've, like, gone back and forth, and it's, 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 it's a, I, have a weird, I have a weird relationship with it. AA is very religious-based, I thought, right? Is that not... It, it's not, very yeah. religious-based, right? Yes. And, like, one of the things that always bothered me the most about it is I talk to these guys, and, I, and here's the thing. My problem with AA is so many people have benefited from it. 
and anything that has anything that has brought that much good sh- shouldn't be taken away. You know what I mean? But at the same time, one of my big problems is I would always have these guys just tell me about these life-changing moments and they're like, you know, I found God and then and then all all my everything, you know, and then you know what? 3 months later, I was able to get a job and then 6 months later, I found a woman and then I married her and then I was actually able to stay with her. It's like, yeah, that correlates with you quote unquote finding God, but it also correlates with you stopping methamphetamine. Whether you found God or not, well, quit, quitting the methamphetamines was what got you to the better life. You know, I know a guy, I partied with him a lot. I actually had a lot of fun with this dude for a couple of years. Um, you know, in a group of people, we all worked together and lots of late nights, just partying hard. And then he was the first person I knew, and this is about age 23, 24, first person at that age that I knew that out of nowhere kind of just declared to everybody I'm done and then he uh, went back into Mormonism his family was Mormon and he converted fully back into Mormonism started going to uh, all these um, after work uh, Mormon based uh, activities and all that stuff and groups and then about a year later, he met a woman at one of these after school or after uh, you know work groups, and then they got married a year after that, and then they had kids. And he yeah, you know, he no- got a career and moved and had a, an adult life. Yeah, you know, you know, like even Vice News, they go and they do that that whole thing where they talk about Rumspringa. And, like, they talk about the 12 kids that abandoned the Amish faith, you know, and they follow them. But what nobody talks about is, like, like, a thousand years ago, the Am- like, not even a thousand, a hundred years ago, <laughs> if you were an Amish family, right? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> You're an Amish family, your kid hits 16, you could be like, yeah, all right, go see how the others are living. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they were still living by candlelight, they just had beer. You know? <laughs> you know? like, it's a good thing. Uh, of course, of course, the kids came back to the Amish life. It was everything they knew. Everybody they loved was there, right? They're like, all right. They live in the same way. But be- <clears throat> My point is, still to this day, the Amish are like, yeah, go see what they got. And the kids leave, and they get iPhones hmm. and beer and right. drugs, and oh, they yeah. see the party and everything, and they still go back. So it's like everything we've advanced to, it's still, they go back. I think, again, back to the COVID experience, the lockdown experience, the idolization of Fauci and the health experts and the scientists and follow the science like it was the religion of these people. There was this religious aspect to it that, I, again, I feel so much that people out there that have renounced religion so hard, especially on the left, they're in such need of a bigger thing than themselves, so they latched onto science, and that's how they were deceived so easily by people like Fauci, these false idols. And so I believe people who, you know, maybe are more inclined, 
inclined to follow the word of God or to trust their inner soul or whatever you may call it, you know, these people were ostracized from society for a minute, but I, I think there's a lot to be said there. You know, maybe see, I saw, maybe society I saw was, needs to go back to that kind of old school thinking of trusting your instinct, trusting your gut, yes. which is what I did. And maybe in a lot of ways, trusting your gut is following the word of God or following the voice of God or, you know, however you want to phrase it. Yeah. I think it's more... I, <laughs> COVID was really... Dude, we need people to be a part of something. The reason religion... Like, the super religious people... like Not the super religious, but there was like... The reason <laughs> I feel the right didn't fall into the COVID trap as much was because they are... A lot of the people on the right are already part of a community. Whether it be the religious community... You know, a lot of military guys. Yes. Yeah. Whatever it was, it's like, I don't know. Like, even me, dude, there's times where I feel like I'm kind of a nobody and a loser, but I could always, I could always dig deep and just say, you know what? But at least at one point in my life, I was a soldier. I did something. You know, <laughs> even in my lowest days, You're- I could be like, you know, I did something. And, it might, it wasn't a lot, but you know, I volunteered for Uncle Sam when he needed volunteers, and that, that's something, right? Absolutely, man. And I, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't have anything, and so when you gave him that opportunity to be part of something, it was just too too, right? You know, don't you kind of see a relationship with the era of people having nothing? or maybe nothing to live for and the decline of religious belief? I don't think it's nothing to live for. I think it's no solid foundations, no solid communities, no... Um... So yeah, if you go to the bar, right, one thing you'll hear, you'll always hear like a veteran who's talking about his army days 30 years ago, right? Oh, yeah. And then right next to him, you hear the guy who's talking about his uh, high school football days. You know? And it's like... I think everybody just longs for community. Absolutely, man. And, and that's what, you know, those were the times in these men's lives when they had the most community. And that's, you know, and they were really a part of something. And, and in, that's why it's what they owe it. That, that was their glory day. Not whether you won or lost. And who cares about fucking Illinois 3A Division D football state champion, you know? But like, <laughs> that was your glory day, you know? Yeah, it's Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. It's a bunch of those, man. But, yeah, Uncle Rico, I think you put him in a community where he's just a somebody. And he, you know, then he kind of forgets about the football days. He's not always talking about them so much. You know? I'm fascinated with our modern culture currently, especially the last 10-plus years that we had the internet come in. <clears throat> We had this destruction of the nuclear family, and then on top of it, the loss of community amongst people. Then the COVID pandemic happens. We turn neighbor against neighbor. All this political rivalry and extremism, which maybe doesn't really exist except within the sphere of social media and the the legacy media. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm thinking that we're, you know... We're kind of like uh, floating through extremes, and everyone's in a daze from it, but really nobody is latching on to those extremes. 
Well, the problem is you have people that are. But if you look around... Are they really, though? I'm really starting to yeah, get the you know vibe what? that the yeah, average because, person listen. is not actually into anything that's being narratively Oh, pushed. absolutely. I f- no, no, that's what I mean. You have the people on the extremes that are latching onto it. You know what I mean? I feel like we're, we're seeing what's playing out is actually a false narrative. And then you're out in the public... And you're not really seeing it play out, and you're like, and you're kind of seeing this duality exist essentially. And because yeah, you know what you're seeing, you know what you're seeing is here's what you're seeing, right? So the news will report that um, that no young kids want to go into plumbing, right? <laughs> right. Now in two months, the new class is starting, and there's two hundred apprentices. That's that's a lot of apprentices, sure, just for Chicago, right? So just for what you know, new class. So now we got two hundred. Now the difference is this time we only had six hundred apply when five years ago, you, ten years ago, you would have you would hit the max at five thousand, and you would just have to cut it off and say nobody else can apply because we're only going to hire two hundred. You know. You know what's crazy to me is <clears throat> we played clips not too long ago. Of AOC, remember dissecting Latinx, and I think she yeah. said Latina. If you don't remember, yeah, I, dude, I do remember. She was the first one I heard that from. That Latina, was like the yes, that's that. why because it, it, yeah, it rolls off the tongue more. You know, it's more. And you and I laughing about it and being like, dude, there's no way people are like thinking like this. And now they're statistically they're saying like, actually, most Latinos never even heard of the term Latinx. <laughs> And you're like, yes, because because in my every day, I've never seen it used. I it's it's as if you guys created this word. And you thought everyone would use it, but then they did it. And then you're like, oh, well, statistically, no one's actually using it. You're like, well, yeah, but but now you're outraged that they're trying to pass a bill that like you're. And now you're trying to change it to another like, dude, come on, give up, give it up. We're in like a 1984 kind of situation where, I again, there's multiple realities in existence. They're fa- they're trying to fake outrage, and I don't think anyone even knows what to pay attention to anymore, because we got UFOs over Canada, then we got another uh, UFO shot down, another one shot down over Michigan, then we got the Hunter Biden laptop stuff becoming true. You know the we big pro- the you know, you know the big stuff. problem with the fucking Latinx and Latina is the only people pushing it are people in English-speaking nations. Well, that's, it's again, like, I think it this It doesn't is, even matter. It doesn't even matter if you change it here. I think this is some sort of psyop. I think the whole, like, the changing of the language is some sort of way to just fuck with people and confuse people, distract them, and, you know, like, now you're going to have some woke weirdos walking around out there and be like, should I call them Latinx? I don't even know. Uh, I was just thinking about that. Now you're going to have some... F- American go to Spain. <laughs> He's gonna be correcting them on how to speak to Spanish. Spain, dude. <laughs> yeah, like you fucking, you know it's gonna happen. Dude. I can't wait for the TikToks and YouTubes on that. Uh, excusa, excusa. It's pronounced Latina. There's just something going on lately. This this whole Latinx thing is funny to me. The fact that a bunch of Latino people out there are like, look, this is so outrageous. We gotta pass a bill. 
this this isn't a bunch of white dudes. This isn't like some MAGA people. This isn't Lauren Boebert. Listen, when I said we need to bring attention to the Latino community, this is not what I meant. (laughs) I'm just like, I'm so floored by this that it really starts to, it's, it's one thing for you and I. (laughs) Notice how it's only the women that are cool with it, not the men. They're like, (laughs) no, I'm keeping that out. I want that. Oh, it, re- it looks like a ball because I no, got two he expl- balls. Actually, oh, we didn't hear it. We'll finish it off. He explains it, actually. It's really. Comes from Spanish-speaking countries in Central and South America. The term is also used to remove gender with neutral Spanish letter E, which can already be found in words like estudiante, which means student in English. And it's my job as an activist from this city who identifies as Latine, not Latinx, <laughs> Latine now, to go to the state. Latine now, dude. Capital, not these five folks. How do you no say f- in Espanol? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We How do you say f- in Espanol? Eh? <laughs> defines us, that comes from us, viene de nosotros. On the other hand, Representative Reyes says there is already a gender-neutral term in Spanish. To anybody who doesn't believe they're Latino or Latina, they can use the word Latin or they can use Latino, which is neutral gender for everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's already the fucking language, you idiots! It's been there for thousands of years, you stupid yeah. morons! <laughs> So it's like they came across this problem once or twice in the 7,000 years that the language existed, you fucking... God damn it. Oh, God. I fucking love that. That's why, that's why it's only an American thing, because we believe the Earth started 230 years ago. You know? This is why there's some war on for language. There's this weird dual aspect happening where there... You know what? It's like a gaslighting where they're trying to make you think, like, no, you're crazy for thinking... These things that have been going on for thousands of years, that's racist. <laughs> you're a bigot. And then you're like, what? Wait, like, you know what's crazy? You know what made well, me think be- about The best part is, is you, got fucking, you got these dudes dressed as women who are like, it's wrong to, to masculinize, masculinize these words. And you're like, dude, you're a man. You're a man. What got me recently... Uh, with the Black History Month and all the language going on, I was just thinking about when we were younger and how the ma- the message ingrained in us as kids was your skin color is skin deep. Doesn't matter. I can't get over that. Like, I didn't make that shit up. That was taught to us as little kids. No, that's why it blows our mind when they're like, this Super Bowl is epidemic. It's the greatest Super Bowl ever because it's two black men as quarterbacks. And you're like, dude, I didn't even notice that until you said until it. Until you said it. I just thought it was going to be a great it, game. I thought it was two guys <laughs> who worked their way to the top of the NFL as quarterbacks. Two very oh, talented lo- guys. But they're, black, <laughs> but they're black men. Which means nothing because they were probably both born in America, have nothing to do with Africa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's so weird. I just feel like yeah. with everything, this Latinx thing is so funny to me because even Latino people are like, no, actually, we we covered this a thousand years ago with our language. You guys are crazy. Yeah, yeah. You guys are totally nuts. This is insane. The woke Latin dude. Oh, I'm going to be. No, I'm. I'm dropping Latinx. Now I'm Latine. Really? Because when Latine becomes, you know, not usable for you, you're just going to move on to the next vowel. We know that. That's your whole party's fucking agenda. Yeah, we That's your see whole your thing. game, dude. Yes. 
You just move on to the next letter. And if you, don't, like, <laughs> if you don't believe me, just ask the just LGQ like when, It was just BLT like when BLA changed their name to BLM. <laughs> yes. Because in the, in the 70s, it was the Black Liberation Army. And then in the, in the 2000s, it, 2020s, it became the Black uh, Lives Matter. This is a great fact. I think a lot of people overlook this all the time. And you were right on the money. They literally just changed the letter. Same organization. Yeah. It was a refresh. Refresh to be fresh, my man. That's the only way to do it. Call back. Hell yeah. <laughs> Just throw it inside an Italian herbs and cheese and call it a fucking American club. <laughs> you know? Well, uh, I was glad to do the Latin X uh, story. That one uh, just piqued my interest, no doubt about it. As, as Latin X tend to do. This is true, and the Latin community and or the South American, Central American community, always in the news lately, Mike. The funniest point, is, the funniest part is I, I technically think Peruvians are not Latinos. Well, I always thought it was kind of a blanket, uh, blanket term. You know? mm, see, but Latino infers that you, your, your ancestors come from like a Latin root, right? Oh, yeah. Peruvians, they're Portuguese. <laughs> Good call. Right? Uh, is this based upon settlers and invasions? And Well, the only reason the rest of the countries are Latin is because they were taken over by the Spaniards. Oh. Otherwise, they have no connection to the Latin world. Right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> they're more Asian than Latin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I never really thought about it that way. I don't know, dude. The race stuff, I it's always so funny. You know what's race funny about so funny. well, what's funny is because we were again raised on the idea of melting pot society. No, 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 the no, no, no. it's insane man. because whether you have a penis or vagina, I can tell whether you're a man <laughs> or a woman. But that's a spectrum. And then your people from Portugal, from, from Peru, who speak Portuguese, you know what I mean? Who actually immigrated from the fucking Asian continent during the fucking Ice Age. It's like, what? You're Latin, Latino? <laughs> That's not a spectrum at all. That's just a definite, like, these are Latinos, these are blacks. Like, no. Get the fuck out of here, dude. It's just really funny because when we were younger, it kind of really felt like we were heading towards a future where uh, the race and ethnicity didn't matter anymore, right? We were going to unify as a culture. Uh, yeah. And then we just splintered so so much, so fast. <sighs> that was every white father's worst nightmare. Well, I that's right. <laughs> Good call, man. And I, I do believe, and I'm serious about this, I believe what happened was Occupy Wall Street. I think that changed everything. I think that scared the shit out of the 1%, and they realized we have to go nuclear on the 99%. Yo. We have to divide them. Dude, but, who dude, do you think funded Occupy Wall Street? It was the 1%. Oh, it was Wall Street. Oh, I'm a fool. I've been had. No. Yeah, dude. Folks, I'm a certified idiot. Don't worry. Because look what they did. They, they funded these crazy protests that went on for a while, and then now everybody just kind of forgot about Wall Street. I really believe they brought on the race stuff. That was this was during the Obama years. He was the an igniter of the race, um, you know, 
baiting and the bullshit and the stuff that really made people go violent over the la- uh, over the preceding five plus years leading into uh or six eight years i guess right when when did obama get out 2015 right so yeah five sixteen five years after obama we had the uh summer of love that we all remember so fondly 2020 uh, I think a lot well, of Trump was the Trump was the response to Obama, and the summer of love was the response to Trump. Good call, my man. I'll give that to you. But I do believe that a lot of the let's divide the poor people amongst themselves with race that started oh, with absolutely. the Obama. I think that uh, the Obama regime really started that. Yeah, I think it's the that you have to. Once they realize that they're all in the same boat, then they attack the rich. Yes, that's the problem. I feel like the Occupy Wall Street was kind of a signal to everybody across the you know country and maybe even the world. Like, hey, look, it really is all of us against these little group of people. It's not black and white, man. We're all in the same boat. We're, we're all poor together. What do we always say, Mike? If I'm interacting with you, if you and I are stuck in traffic together, we're in this toilet together. I mean, do you think my kids are going to be better than Will Smith's? No, man. <laughs> right? Like, it has nothing Smith's to do with white or black. It's money. <laughs> That's right, dude. Fuck Will Smith's kids. They have the best life ever, dude. Are you kidding My me? kids are going to get a bootleg Nintendo if they're lucky. It's <laughs> all I could afford. Kids, this was a classic back in my day. I don't know if you... <laughs> yeah. Daddy's got a $100 a week smoking habit, so you're getting a Nintendo. seen the games these days i caught a commercial last night i while watching the nba uh and it was for the newest nba game they have like 2k3 two it's insane dude you graphics pretty too much pretty crazy graphics but here's no here's what got me actually if you really pay attention to how they're advertising it it's a subscription service, and there's all these buy-ins. I I've seen it before. I know it was the future, but you you buy you don't just uh when it was video games in our day, you went out and you bought the game, and you put the game in your system, you got to play the fucking game. That was the game. Yeah. Now yeah. you download the game, and then you have to pay for not only the download of the game itself, right, the platform, but then which you, is like sixty bucks. Yes. Then you have to pay for all these packages. To have access to different parts of the game, and if you don't buy these packages, the game itself is just, it's nothing. It's shit. So No, no, the game comes with six levels. And then if you want to buy four more, you got to buy this expansion pack. And then on top of it, you have to pay for your Xbox or PlayStation Live subscription in order to access the live version of the game. But we're going to give you a free Hulu. It's only (laughs) $15.99. See, dude, I was looking at the- want Hulu. I was looking at this commercial. I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, just to have access to this one game and have, you know, a good time, you're talking hundreds of dollars, man. Yes. Oh, at at least. At least. Like, what a scam. The the video game industry, what a fucking ripoff, man. And the games, it's stupid, dude. It's not like, I don't know. 
how much better is it? Like, honestly, I'd rather just no, but it's the same, and, just, no, 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 hold on. If they're in the same fucking, they're in the same circle of hell as fucking the movie industry. Or, dude, I don't want to play Halo 24. Come up with a new fucking goddamn game. I'm paying a hundred dollars a month for this fucking live Xbox like, controller battery. Like, everything is costing a, a subscription. It's all subscribed. Everything. Give me something. Give me something. Oh, well, you have uh, Frank. You paid sixty nine ninety nine for the month, <laughs> but your character can't breathe. Did you want your character to breathe? Oh, that's a fifteen ninety nine O two pack. Like what the fuck, dude? Who has time to play games? That's my number one gripe. The number two, sure, you got the time. Who's got the money? This is so fucking expensive. This is insane. I can't imagine being a parent. You got your kid like, oh, I want to play the new, I want to be LeBron in the new game because, oh, but then you got to buy the package so you could be Kobe versus Michael. Well, I can't right? be LeBron if I can't afford the gold oh, shorts. No, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it, dude. Dad, okay, so I bought the character, but they won't let me play until I have the chair that's six inches higher than everybody else on the bench. <laughs> the LeBron throne, of course. The LeBron throne on the fucking LeBron court. <laughs> Dad, I got LeBron, I got the high chair, I got everything, but it won't let me continue until I throw this fan out, and that's going to cost two ninety nine. <laughs> The game would be fun if you could be the fan saying racial slurs at the players, right? Then, oh, I'll pay $2.99 <laughs> to throw a hot dog at LeBron. I'll call him the N-word? $5.99. <laughs> the N-word subscription is... <laughs> well, that, that's, the, that's, that's, that's the platinum. <laughs> you want to call... You can... We'll let you call LeBron the N-word, but you gotta pay. It'll cost you. It'll, It'll cost you. It's the platinum subscription. <laughs> you go on, there's nothing but fucking Muslims from the oh a- a- UAE fucking royalty. Say, imagine if they did that, like the royalties coming into EA Sports and be like, look, uh, we were in the tanks for a while there, but then we did the uh, the N-word subscription. <laughs> My God, man, the profits. No, 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 this just <laughs> in. LeBron James has hit $1 trillion. <laughs> He is the first trillionaire. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how many racists subscribed to the to PlayStation. Everybody before. was just waiting to call him the N word. Uh... <laughs> the N word subscription. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. <laughs> the best part is in the game there was a cheat, so he actually cries when you call him one <laughs> He can't even kick you out because he can't get the words out. He's just crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. I love the whole idea of just there's a whole part of the game, but you got to pay for the package where LeBron kicks you out for saying a racial slur. It's so yeah, fantastic. Everybody pays for it not to play. Like, nobody even cares about playing at that point. They're paying just to call him the N-word. <laughs> see the reaction he throws his high chair <laughs> yeah with our new ai technology actually we have 46 variations of lebron crying in uh, response <laughs> to the offense spectacular technology do you want to call him the n-word in his lakers uniform or his cavaliers <laughs> uniform you could get a reaction out of young lebron or heedles lebron or Old man Lakers LeBron. It changes with age. He becomes more of a baby. 
Do you want to add an insult to his balding hairline? Well, then that cost <laughs> extra as well. Would <laughs> <laughs> you like to go pre-hair plugs or post? The, the post-hair plugs jokes. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Some would say better than the Edward. More satisfying. <laughs> Less repercussions. Also family friendly. You could play with the kids. The hairline jokes. Truly for, <laughs> guaranteed to be a hit. <laughs> and of course, folks, the N-word package, definitely not safe for work. Just remember. <laughs> Do not log in at work. You will <laughs> oh my god, dude. That's incredible stuff. The Edward package. <laughs> it's so good. Xbox Live, you should capitalize. All the people saying it over the you know. Like people literally pay to talk online just so they could say it. I haven't honestly, and this is so funny, I haven't like played a video game in a like a live I've never played a live video game as far as like the shooter games or I've never logged in and been a part of the headset, you know, oh, you're I, crazy. I oh, didn't I used to do it a lot. I have never done it, man. I don't know what that world is like. I, I, I assume only some are good people, but most are probably rapists. <laughs> and I can't imagine the best are in there. <laughs> But, Dude, I used to do Counter Strike with the headphones. Counter Strike, oh, yeah. So probably, yeah. and that's probably in like the unfiltered age, man. Right, like the Wild West so, internet. So even today, Counter Strike, you're getting all the like Eastern European hackers. Oh, right? nice. The, the shit they say, because those are like legit Nazis. <laughs> okay, nice. They Ukra- don't even talk about the blacks. You're talking about Ukrainians, so, huh? They don't even consider the blacks humans. They're not even talking about. It. They're <laughs> oh, focusing on the Jews. Wow. All right. Yeah. Zelensky's people. I got you. Yeah. 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 You know, Ukrainians. Ukrainians, man. That's what I'm saying. They're all about that yeah. action. <laughs> Old school, though. I'm telling you, that's you're talking back in the day with the PC hookup and, you know, the boxy computer and really the internet. I've been kind of in my mind reminiscing on the old school internet days where it was just you could get anything out there you know anything was kind of searchable you could you could be a joker and be anonymous and there's no real anonymity at this point on the internet Dude, back, nobody believes me man back me up on this it used to be back in the day you would google or yahoo Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves, yeah, man. Any of them, you would go on there and you'd be like, is climate change real? And the first one, it might be telling you climate change was real, maybe even the second one. But, like, within the top three, you would get a guy who was countering. Do you know what I mean? It (laughs) was, like, actually, like, you would get even. You would get, like... Within ten results, yes. you would have some no, crazy I, like the old Mel Gibson where... conspiracy theory <laughs> fucking blog, right? The but you would also get like, like no ad, like no uh, you know. This is before apps, and so the old internet, in my opinion, is where I not my opinion, in my recollection, the old internet's where I stumbled upon ideas like chemtrails, the Rothschilds, um, you know. Yeah. The Dude, democracy of- now used to be they were talking chemtrails. 
They yes, were talking Star were. Wars in Iraq. Star Wars. They were talking yes. fucking yes. real shit. The, just the internet in general, you could find that stuff. By the way, the internet, the old internet, is where I discovered Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the old videos of him, and they're so funny? Yeah, there's been a lot of that floating around. I find it interesting um, that it's going around out there. Look, I recall a lot of Do you know what they're Alex saying Jones about stuff. him now? No. It's really funny because they used to say he was just a crackpot, right? There's a great old Alex Jones theory that he's um, Hicks, Bill Hicks, which is one of my favorites, oh, a so comedian. Le- but so the left used to always just say he was a straight-up crackpot. Now, Frank, if you throw enough darts, one's going to hit a bullseye. So he's got a couple bullseyes. He literally is like 99% on all this. <laughs> he's got a couple throws. bullseyes, right? But don't pay attention to him. He's got a couple bulls. He's... Literally Robin Hood who shoots the arrow through the other arrow and splits it in two. That's who <laughs> Alex Jones is with, of conspiracy theories. He's the Robin Hood shooting the arrow of conspiracy theories. Wasn't that the heat-sinking arrow? Well, that's Robin Hood Men in Tights, the Robin best, that's the best greatest one. Greatest movie. The best Robin greatest Hood. Greatest Robin Hood ever made. Dave Chappelle, earliest. One of his <laughs> yeah, performances. Yeah, that's a good one. You got Achu and uh, bless you and Blink, uh, Blink, Blinken, Blinken and yeah, Abe Lincoln. No, not Abe Lincoln, man. Abe Lincoln and uh, <laughs> a lot of good, a lot of classic jokes. A lot of classic jokes. <laughs> Look, Mel Brooks, man, one of the greatest oh, all time genius. <laughs> all-time greatest there'll never be another like it or him uh the ever but uh mike believe it or not man we're at that Don't magical point in time be. yes it it, i know it's the fastest you, hour oh, in the universe God, i know it's unbelievable stop speeding up time man. i don't know Jesus what happened Christ. there i don't know if we'll get through all the clips sorry <laughs> <laughs> We talked Four about, hours is not enough. We talked. We took an hour on Latinx. That was unreal. <laughs> is anybody even listening? <laughs>